You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. I think what you're trying to ask is uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture. I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it in the first place. To me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization, but we don't know anything about it. So, again, I think I've said this before in the same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. I am your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning to all the intellectual outcasts out there. We have a returning guest to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, none other than Attorney Wally Davis. Thank you, King, for being with us this morning. Um, short notice, so I definitely can't, can't really express my gratitude uh, for you jumping in on this thing, but you are always of the people and for the people, and I respect that highly. But if you will, uh, let the intellectual outcast out there listening know a little bit about yourself, how long you've been in this this legal legal uh, uh, field before we get into this morning's discussion question. But thank you, thanks again for being with us, King. No doubt, no doubt. I am uh, very grateful to um, be able to, to be engaged in the, in the talk and to share my thoughts. Uh, I have been and a practicing attorney for over 20 years, uh, primarily civil rights law now, focused on dealing with police accountability, police brutality cases. So we've represented uh, people who have been hurt, injured, and murdered by law enforcement. I've also been involved in the um, Black, Black Liberation Movement for uh, 30 years, organizing really out of the African Center Education Movement, having been mentored by um, different um, scholars and activists who have, you know, sought to liberate our minds, free our minds, um, so that we can see ourselves through a African lens and build um, a community that uh, respects our humanity and that uh, we are able to continue to, you know, serve our, our young people in our, in our community through, um, through organizing efforts. So that's the work we do. We do work with Let Us Make Man, with Black Man Lab, with the B Speaking uh, of Black Alliance for Human Rights and other organizations that focus on um, Black men, Black people, Black family, and Black liberation. Hey man, if I could ap- accidentally slip up on somebody at the last minute, I think I might have slipped up on the right person, if you will. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just wanted to ask a question. 
All right, everybody, just let y'all know um, Attorney Davis is kind of moving around. We're going to make that work. You know, we've had that happen. We have people in the car and everything, so we're going to make it work. Uh, but with that said, man, I'm so glad to have this king on for this morning's discussion question. I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out the bag because we're going to move through this. I got it for a short period of time, so I want to move through this morning's show relatively a little quicker than we normally do just so we can take advantage of this, our special guest, wealth of knowledge, specifically in the legal um feel when it comes to this discussion because obviously it's a hot and heavy issue currently in our community once again unfortunately um you know this rears his head too many times if you will so this morning's discussion question if you are a first time listener uh we always do our show in the form of a question i again go by montoya smith aka black socrates we take the socratic method we try to ask the right questions to maybe get to some solutions and some answers so, and so this morning's discussion question is should we teach black youth it's okay to be arrested. Should we teach black youth it's okay to be arrested? So I'm going to turn this over back to you, if you will, Attorney Davis. And the way we always like to start the show is uh, when I called and said, hey, I need you to do the show. When you heard the, the, the discussion question worded this particular way, I noticed you giggled a little bit. What was that initial thought? We always like to, I'm always curious about when somebody hears a question for the first time. If you can recall, what was the first thought that popped in your head when you heard, should we teach our black youth it's okay to be arrested? I really thought, you know, it's, it's really a um, kind of a double um, a double meaning to me, right? Because when you say, should we teach black youth it's okay to be arrested, uh, on one hand, are we saying should we teach black youth to be submissive to this system that is uh, fueled by by black bodies, right? What we know is that the the system under which we all currently live, not just in America but across the world, fueled on um, black suffering, black bodies, um, even black death. It's uh, been described as by one of my my good friends. Um, Matthew Weston Williams, the president of ITC, he describes it almost as a ritual of um, of killing of black bodies, and uh, it defeats this 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 white supremacy. And so, it, it, you know, that's where I started. Like, okay, we mm-hmm. commit to this system. Then, on the other hand, I'm hearing the notion that um, should we teach them how to um, be arrested? Is to say. Um, should we teach them not to resist, not to run from police? And so on a very practical level, uh, we we do know your rights. Um, Teach-ins, we've been doing them for the last 15 years. Before they became really popular, we've just been doing them because we had so many clients who had encounters with law enforcement that we wanted to try to teach young people how to, de-escalate, right? And so here's the issue. The the police are supposed to be the trained professionals who are supposed yep. to de-escalate when they, mm-hmm. when they interact with citizens. And what we said is, I'm not going to leave my son, my grandson, my nephew, or my niece to um, their life just in the hands of whether or not a police is properly trained or having a good day. I'm going to try to empower them as best I can so that when they encounter police, they can use some de-escalation tactics that we teach them. And so we, we teach it from that perspective. And so one of the things we teach is don't run. One of the things we teach is don't resist. 
We teach don't ever touch a police officer. Um, and that's not in any way to suggest that what we see happening or what has happened um, to black and brown folks in America could have some way been averted if we had just been better Negroes. I, I don't want that, you know, I want us to be clear. That's not um, my message or what I believe. Um, it is a requirement that when you um, have a war on on poverty, a war on drugs, a war on crime, you're ultimately going to be warring on black people. And so when there is a war, then there are casualties. And these are, this is what we're seeing with Tyreek Nichols and Bashar Brooks and you name it, these are casualties to this war on us. And so I just want to make that distinction. No, I love the distinction. And you really encapsulated really both ends of it in the way that, again, where your mind initially went just from me sharing, hey, here's the show title. Because as always, we don't do any prep for, you know, for those that don't know, we like to just get it live and direct straight from the, I'll say the horse's mouth, for lack of a better cliche. Uh, just, just that's kind of the rawness of this very honest and direct conversation that we like to have with our audience and allow the audience to participate. We are up against the first break. And so just to give you a heads up, Attorney Davis, we're going to be playing cuts. It's going to be kind of your reaction to hearing these cuts. I think it'll give us a great dialogue just to step through this morning's discussion question. So you'll hear a commercial. Just stay tuned to the actual cut that comes after the commercial, and we'll have, you know, just kind of your reactions. Because, again, I want to take full advantage of your knowledge base because I know we do have parents out there listening. And we're going to allow the parents and people out there to call in and ask their questions, whether it's you individually trying to figure out what you should do in the event that you're stopped by police, whether on foot or via or in a vehicle, if you will. Uh, but with that said, we're off against this break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Do you simply want your taxes done this tax season, or do you prefer to have your taxes completed by a professional on top of current and constantly changing tax codes? If so, look no further than S. Kinds Accounting and Tax Services. But each year, plenty of satisfied customers from around the country return for an efficient and professional tax experience. For small businesses, S-Kinds Accounting and Tax not only provides bookkeeping and accounting on a monthly, quarterly, and or yearly basis, but S-Kinds Accounting and Tax goes above and beyond to provide yearly tax strategies to increase the bottom line, profits. While no one likes when Uncle Sam or the IRS comes knocking, know you're in good hands with S-Kinds Accounting and Tax. Call them today at 770-947-3667. Again, that's 770-947-3667. Or email them at advice at thetaxcoach.com. Could you please hurry up? What did you say? It's just cold. Put your hands on your head and get on the ground now. Are you serious? Get on the fucking ground! Get on the fucking ground! Why is he under arrest? Get back in the car, you're going to jail too! I am an attorney and I demand to know why this man is sir. under arrest. Sir, 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 we don't have to do why this. Why is he sir. under arrest? What is your get name? Get back in the car! No, no, what no, no. is your badge number? I'm not gonna tell you, get back in the fucking car! Get back in the car, get back why in the car, we got this. Sir, we don't have to What sir, is your sir, badge sir, number? Sir. sir. 
It was a turn signal. Ain't, no, ain't done nothing wrong. It's I'm reaching for my wrong. cell phone. Keep your hands on the seal. Keep your hands on the seal. I'm reaching for my cell Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest attorney Wally Davis. As you hear a famous scene from Queen and Slim, um, the scene that, in a sense, set the movie off. Uh, if you will, Attorney Davis, in a sense, just any initial thoughts and maybe revisiting. I'm pretty sure you've seen that classic. Um, I know I've seen it a few times myself, um, but just yeah. any initial thoughts from that initial scene as you hear it again. You know, it's um, it, 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 it's harrowing, even though it, it's fictional. We just know that there are these interactions that happen, and when you're on the side of the road, um, that's really not the space to assert your rights. So what we what we teach, and in this situation, we, we talk about knowing your rights and knowing how to assert them in a way that is um, that diffuses the situation. So I'll give you an example: um, when they come up and obviously he has gotten them out of the car because what most people don't understand is that for even a routine traffic stop, law enforcement has the legal right to ask you to exit the vehicle. So you can run a stop sign. They can ask you to get out of the car. You can have a failure to turn turn signal on. They can ask you to step out of the vehicle. And the auspices under which they do that is called for officer safety. So they, they want you to get out of the car so that they can make sure that you don't have a weapon within arm's reach. And the other piece is once they ask you out of the car, what most people don't know is that they can also do a pat-down. So imagine how infuriating it is. You're out on a date, your first date, and they pull you over, ask you to get out of the car, and then you're standing on the outside of the car with this young lady on the inside of the car, and you're like, whoa, what, what's going on here? And it, it is an assault in some ways on your very manhood. And so we, again, want to provide information so people understand it's lawful. Is it right? No, nah, not is it professional? Not necessarily. But knowing that it's lawful is the starting point, and then you move from there. Once they get you out of the car and they even do a, a pat-down search of you, you know, our, our thing is be respectful, stay calm, don't escalate. That's all we can do. And, again, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to make it out of a situation. If the officer is hell-bent on um, causing you harm, you know, it is what it is. You're going to have to, you know, you just are trying to manage a, a volatile situation. But knowing your rights, exercising them in a way that you try to um, de-escalate the situation is is what we, you know, try to do. The sister got out of the car. That's very dangerous because at that point the officer is 
you know, perceiving a, a two-on-one situation, even though it's a woman. Um, yeah. And people are like, well, she she was just getting out just to observe that that's going to escalate things. When two people are out of the car, that's going to escalate. Um, can you video record? Yes. It, it, is law, it is lawful as long as you do not interfere with the, you know, do not write up on the officer interfering with the, the discharge of their duty. It's not obstruction. You can, from a safe distance, video record any police um, encounter or any, any police activities. No, I love it. And just even a little more nuance, just to even bring what you just said into full context. So absolutely, you can record the however, as you've already pointed out, is she was in the vehicle exiting, and that is always for the safety of the officer. A second person getting out is perceived as dangerous. However, you know, you're walking up on a situation, and as you said, staying at a safe distance. I just like to add that clarity because, again, like you said, people thinking, well, even her getting out to record is okay. No, not getting out of the car because the second person is in the car. If you want to observe your brother or sister being stopped by the police, that is absolutely lawful. Again, just information just so that, you know, we understand these are the conversations we need to be having with our children because a lot of times we leave them out to dry on the talk. Like we say we know we need to have the talk or sometimes we have the talk. The details and the the thing that I love the most about what you said, Attorney Davis, is understanding, knowing your rights and saving them in the event that they're violated. I always like to highlight save them for the courtroom because that's where the display of your acknowledgement of where something went wrong, that's where where that discussion takes place. We mistakenly sometimes, sometimes, not we as just black people, but people who feel like they know the law and could be right because the officer's not always right. We know that clearly. But the issue is we attempt to have court right there on the side of the law, and the officers should not be the judge and jury. The officer just apprehends you with their sometimes good understanding, sometimes bad understanding of what's happening in the moment. And in that sense, like you said, know your rights. But I always highlight um, if you know, you can share some of that dialogue, but if you see that dialogue just in a calm manner going less, then save it for the courtroom to assert them. Mm-hmm. But the callers out there, oh, go ahead, yeah. please, jump in. No, 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 I, I agree. We, we say you're not going to win your case on the side of the road. It's got to be in a courtroom. And even even the asking for the badge number, you know, you wait until after the interaction, and then you ask for the badge number. If they refuse to give it to you, because there was a stop, because they called it in, you'll be able to contact the police, tell them where you were, what time you were stopped, and they can tell you the identity of the officer involved in your stop. Oh, that's real slick right there. I never even thought about that after the fact. Because, you know, like like I said, knowing that they can't, they, if they should provide, you know, they are, in a sense, like you said, typically they are required to give that information. In most cases, most will. But that is a, another, just another gem in the event that they don't. You can call us because, like you said, it's a recorded stop. You can get that info after the fact. Very please, very good, slick piece of information. Area code six seven eight last three nine eight seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, happy Saturday. What's up, Queen? How you doing? This is one of my, my, I always like to highlight every time you call in, two years 
and Ronnie, my former co-host of the show. So thank you, Queen, for jumping on. What you got for us this morning? Hey, hey. Um, hey, good morning. I wanted to comment on what you said about holding court on the street um, with regard to, like, how to handle an arrest versus just, like, getting arrested and dealing with it in court. Because I think there are hazards to allowing yourself to be arrested as well. I mean, I'm not recommending if it's, like, a highly volatile situation that you said there would argue a fight with the cops, but every arrest that you get also works against you, and they they start building a case against you. And after a while, even if you're found guilty on every charge, it still looks bad, and it can still lead to you ending up finding a judge that's just like, well, you've been arrested this many times, and even though none of them were, you know, guilty, I feel like you've just been skating, and they will sentence you harsher just based on the fact that you've been arrested so many times. Um, Attorney Davis, any thoughts? So, so, you know, obviously we, we, we talk about all of this, um, everything is interconnected in this system. So it's not just the it's the, the police stop. When, when we look at the reality is that um, the black people are stopped more often, searched more often, often, even when given an opportunity. They're, they're also sentenced to incarceration more often. So everything is disproportional. So um, an arrest obviously has consequences. Um, and so, you know, you, you want to, again, try to avoid arrest because we're already battling a system that um, thrives off of our um, incarceration and, and profits off of that. And so you, again, consulting with attorneys, um, knowing your rights, moving in a way that, you know, that keeps you from um, being in their crosshairs is, is, you know, the young people say, you know, just try to stay out the way. And I mean that. I try to stay out the way um, in those circumstances. There are other ways to try to change and transform policing in America, but that won't happen in your one police encounter. That's a public policy matter. That's an organizing matter, but not an individual. You stop me, so I'm about to prove to you all that I know um, about the law. No, absolutely. And, Christy, I'll say this, and I'll let you get one more thought. I got I think Brother Pianchi wants to get in, so I won't be able to keep you on as long as I typically do. Um, but love that question because, again, I think what you just mentioned, what you just said, there may be a lot of people who feel that way. And so I just would like to, if I could, just reiterate Unfortunately, in that moment, given the option, while while as much as I would love for you not to be re- arrested, and again, we're not just simply saying don't have a dialogue. Obviously, you have the right to remain silent. Typically, is applying to absolutely if you know you've done something. So, you know, like don't even try to be slick and outsmart them knowing you've done something. Again, not, that's obviously you're not calling with that being your circumstances. You're clearly talking about I haven't done anything and I don't want to risk arrest. So, in a sense. You're not guilty of anything. So that dialogue with the officer can be smart, 
we're just highlighting it any moment. And even you said not a volatile situation, but most of, a lot of times it doesn't start volatile. We're just highlighting that the reason we've been suggesting that it's okay. And again, if I'm your father, I'm just highlighting this example. I will deal with even the consequences you're talking about in the event that that does become the case, that the additional false arrests or fake arrests or whatever you want to call those are, are part of the situation. I'd much rather deal with that as if you're my child, whether you're young or my older daughter, either way, given the consequences of that going wrong, I'm still going to say it's okay to be arrested. Not saying it's okay, not saying it doesn't have consequences, just highlighting, giving the options for us, as particularly as African Americans. That's just the suggestion. Again, you can do what you want with it. Just going to hear that perspective. One quick thought, and I'm going to go to Brother Oh, okay. Let me, let me, uh, yeah, please jump in. Let me jump in and add. add yeah, please this. do. We please. say one of the things, if you're dirty, right, if you, you know, at, you know, in certain states, uh, marijuana, weed is becoming legalized. Um, some of the young people say Zaza, um, what they were calling it. I've never heard of Zaza, but I guess that's another name for weed. Yeah, I ain't heard that one. You hear you, you you me to come right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah, 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 that's because we, you know, we were the young people at the Black Man Lab every Monday. Absolutely, I've been there before. Um, yeah, so. But, but the piece is that we're saying if you're dirty, um, take the charge. So I guess in, in some ways that, that's equivalent to you saying, you know, submit yourself to arrest. Like if you if they got you, they got you. Don't don't try to run, don't try to struggle because um we don't we just want you to come home. You know, if if, if you got if you get arrested, you got someone, you you know you're dirty, um it's better to fight the case than for us to be filing a lawsuit to try to get your family some recovery because you've been shot and killed. Um, and so if you're dirty and you, you don't catch the case, just take the case, right? It's just what it is. Um, and it's part of just manning up. If, you, if, you in, if you're about that life or you, even if you're not even about that life and you just riding around with something you shouldn't have on you, if they got you, they got you. Um, and, and, and I'm saying that because the, the running leads to greater suspicion, an additional charge, greater danger, and that's what we're trying to avoid. Again, doesn't mean that every police encounter our, our people are going to get away with if we follow everything to the exact precise level. But we just are trying to give our young people the best possible chance to survive um, these encounters so that we can continue to, to build them and support and love them. No, absolutely. Um, thank you, Queen. I'm going to go ahead and get uh, to Brother Piaki. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, I go, have quickly, a question. Quickly. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. He's an attorney. I can't remember his name, but respectfully, isn't it in your best interest as an attorney if somebody does, does take the case? Because, I mean, that puts money in your pocket, right, as part of the system. I'm curious to know if, like, you were not an attorney, if you were in that life, would you be giving advice? Well, you know, for me, I don't even, I don't do criminal defense law anymore. I haven't done criminal defense law. I mean, we, we have a couple more major cases, so it's not – I'm not saying it from a financial standpoint. I'm saying it from your own personal safety. You know, if you're dirty 
and they got you, you know, the alternative is, is either, I'm not saying consent to a search. I'm not saying, um, you know, offer up, make a confession. I'm just saying don't run. Don't don't jeopardize your life by running. Um, don't jeopardize your life by trying to fight with the police. If, if for me, it's just a matter of, of life and death. It's not economic. This isn't an economically driven um, piece of advice. Yeah, I love I love her questions because we know people in a sense, um, and you know she's giving her you know these are her own thoughts. So I love the questions because these are the things people need to understand and answer. Let me ask you this real quick, Christy, again, just to develop this conversation a little bit. Um, what what is the alternative in in even with these questions? I'm not even saying that you're saying there is one because again I love your questions. I was just wondering. Um, again, we love for you to avoid the arrest, but considering other side of it, do you see an alternative, or these were just curious questions that you had? Well, they were curious questions because our communities, it's really hard for our young people to speak to someone who can give them, like, legitimate advice that serves their interests. Um, I I was with my son one time, and he encountered a cop who was a little bit hostile towards him, and he was like, you need, he says to me, you know, you need to teach your son how to how to handle um, police officers or how to, you know, how to handle law enforcement. And I said, you're law enforcement, and he's right here. Can you tell him? Can you tell him how he should interact when he encounters you? Can you tell him how he should speak to you? Can you tell him how he should behave and how you prefer to be treated by him? Because from his perspective and mine, he didn't do anything wrong. And the cop just got an attitude and was like, you better figure it out before he ends up in jail. And when you encounter that, it's kind of hard to really know what to say to your kid. Um, when, you know what I mean? Like if law enforcement itself isn't willing to tell you how to talk to them in a way that they feel is respectful, and you're dealing with, and everyone else that you're dealing with kind of has an agenda or is motivated by Insinuating things that are, you know, beneficial to them. I'm like, where can we, as a people or as a community, get legitimate, honest, helpful advice that will be beneficial and keep us out of so, those situations altogether okay. if possible? No, I got you. I got. I'm gonna go. I got to kind of keep it moving. I'll just say, I hope you hear today, as you just heard Attorney Davis say, he there's nothing money motivated for him in this situation. So right now. You know, I don't know how you right. feel about it, but I will offer that this is the honest advice that 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 we can give you. For and you know how much I care about our people. Again, we've rocked together for two years on this show, and 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 I'm not surprised that if or you shouldn't be surprised that the people I bring on really are about our community. So with that said, you know you can obviously have a right to agree with certain things, but I'll just highlight we we care about the community. No, this I, is I, that I love this. I'm just saying, yeah. where can we go outside of here? I'm asking the attorney if he knows a place we can go outside yeah. here. So, give that advice. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not judging or saying anything against what you. No, have. I, I appreciate this. No, I receive that, sis. So one of the things that we're doing, you you can go to our website. We have a know your rights card that you can like download on our website. Um, go to um, davisbozemanlaw.com. Davis Bozeman, B-O-Z-E-M-A-N, davisbozemanlaw.com. 
I'm also I'm starting a series, um, a weekly series of kind of knowing your rights. Um, we're going to put up on Instagram, um, on our Instagram, on my Instagram. My name is Mawuli, M-A-W-U-L-I Davis, um, because I agree with you. This information does need to get out. It needs to come from reliable sources, people who have, you know, a track record of service to our people um, and not just, you know, telling people to blindly, you know, you know, fall into this police state. So I appreciate your question, and I also encourage people, you know, bring your young people to the Black Man Lab. Um, we do, it's blackmanlab.org, but we meet in person every Monday um, at 6.30 at Young YMCA and every Tuesday at 6.30 at the Epster Rec Center um, in downtown Decatur on 105 Electric Avenue. So, you know, we are trying our best to create what we call safe, sacred, and healing spaces for, for black men, particularly young black men, where they can be around men who can share experiences, ways of um, managing situations, not just with the police, but with teachers, with parents, in relationships, you name it. We're trying to, um, it's a lab. We're trying to, you know, come together to bring about the best black men that we possibly can. Now, I love it. Thank you, Christy. Great questions. Great. Um, you know, really needed that input, and we're getting that information out. And uh, let me get the brother P off the user wait, and I got another question coming via the text line as well. So thank you, Queen. Great questions this morning. All right. I think this is Brother Piaki. Brother Piaki, is that you on this line live? Yeah, that's me. That's me. It's not Brent. But, I know, uh, right? Yeah, y'all both calling out of St. Louis. I always kind of have to. It's been a while since I heard from you. Go ahead, brother Piaki. What you got for us? Look, Mr. Davis is uh, really putting out good information. I appreciate that. I just want to add a couple of things, if I may. Now, the last lady, last caller, you and, and see. Here's the thing: the citizens is the ultimate. The police is ultimately responsible to the citizens of the community because ultimately they will be faced with the liability which means raising taxes and all kinds of things. But uh, you can have an ask for a police officer or a police team by contacting your local department, and they will come to your public school and have these sessions with students as a lesson plan. And I would advise people to take advantage of those opportunities. Now, it's good that Young people learn that respect for authority starts at home, then goes to school, of course, out in the public. And you're absolutely right. You follow the instructions and don't have court on the street. And they will come up to you and ask for those three things, driver's license, proof of liability, and also registration. But if you are, you lead the police in a high-speed chase, and when your car comes to a stop, when they come up to your door, they're going to open the door and snatch you out and handcuff you because you have already demonstrated an ill will intention, and for their safety, they want to detain you in the proper way. And I want to just ask about, uh, about responsibility. In the state of Missouri, you had the NAACP chapters issue a statewide ban telling blacks, now this is practically verbatim, don't travel through Missouri because you stand a chance of being killed by a white police officer. Now, I'm saying that is totally, totally irresponsible. If you're coming from Kansas 
going east, what are you supposed to do? Drive all the way up to or drive all the way down to Arkansas and come around Missouri? So you have to have responsibility in what you disseminate because you never know who's listening, and they will act out accordingly, which can lead to some very dangerous circumstances. Your opinion on that, and I'll continue to listen. Have a nice day, Montoya. All right, thanks for calling in, Brother Pierke. Um, Attorney Davis, um, any thoughts on that? I got my co-host about to jump on this thing with us as well. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, Brother Pierke, thank you for sharing. I um, I had not heard of the Don't Come Through Missouri. Um, there, there are counties here in the state of Georgia that are very dangerous to travel through. So, um, you know, that's just the the reality of, of living in America as a black person is that you're going to, you know, and so I think that we always have to be in kind of in a dual role. One role is how do we deal with um, the law, law enforcement? So we're doing that today, right? We're talking about these preventative measures. We're talking about how to be respectful, responsible, but always knowing that we are at greater risk. So the, the other part of this is the part that we don't often talk about is we all should be in organizations that are seeking to um, deconstruct and change, you know, change. I mean, when I say change, I mean significantly change this system so that it isn't a system based on um, the myth of white supremacy. And so, you know, while we do Black Men Lab so that we can teach young brothers to be as um, healthy as they can in the current existing system, we're also organizing within organizations to try to build a new system and to reimagine what this world could be like without um, a system built on the myth of white supremacy. It's a dual thing. So it's not enough just to say, all right, you know, we're just going to keep you, you know, teach you how to read. Yeah, we got to do that. But we also have to make sure that we're giving you a new world to inherit. Now, I love it. I like, I, I, I liken that to what is called equal, um, a friend of mine, uh, one of our members, Glenn Hyatt, came up with this term, and it's basically equal responsibility. Uh, equal accountability is actually, I'm sorry, equal accountability. And so, you're, yeah, you're just talking about the response, being responsible for it on both ends, how you can, you know, obviously having to have the real-life conversations of how you individually need to kind of navigate, but also uh, not thinking that you can just remove yourself from the system and that be effective. No, you have to affect the system. So, you know, unfortunately hearing what a brother Pianchi is talking about, no, the recommendation can't be don't drive through Missouri. No, it, it's here's how you act when driving through Missouri while at the same time challenging the systemic stuff that's creating, you know, in a sense, I'll, I'll just liken it to sundown towns and things of that nature uh, you know, that we know historically. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to the degree, as you just mentioned, there are counties, you know, we got one here in Atlanta where it's kind of like you want to avoid or you, or you act right or people know don't ride dirty in that county because the risk is high. So, again, those are realities, but it can't be just dealt with. And in a sense, um, I would even, you know, in a sense that Brother Pianchi is saying what happened in that situation, it, my guess is it probably happened right after something, you know, you know, Missouri has already been famous for a situation, whether it's Ferguson, and maybe that was kind of an emotional mm-hmm. response. 
but a smarter response is being diligent about affecting the system. And quite often people want to buy out of the system. But at the end of the day, if you don't govern yourself, which is local politics, which we lack really focus on, if you don't govern yourself, then you're going to be able to be treated any way, anyhow. And sometimes we don't recognize that perspective. Uh, let me get to a, uh, one of the questions I got from my text. And uh, let me get McQueen um, Jendayo. She's one of my she's my co-host, so she's going to hold me down when we let you go here in a few minutes. Um, uh, Attorney Davis, Jendayo, okay. I got you on live, uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it moving, and we're gonna um, you gonna have to help me hold it down because. Uh, Attorney Davis only got about five more minutes with us. I'm trying to get to all these questions. I I got one from one of my other members. Uh, she says um, she says I have a question for. Um, I'm sorry. I, I think I'm saying your name incorrectly. Let me try to start saying it correctly. It's it, um. It's Ma Wuli. Ma Wuli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Ain't no reason. Ain't no reason I should be able to say my brother's name. So let me check myself on that. Bro. Oh man. Exactly. Now, I know you ain't checking no kind of way, but I'm there again. That's just the respect that we deserve. So Ma Wuli. Got it. I'm sorry about that. She says, I have a question for Marwali. Should you disclose that you have a weapon in the car if stopped by police? It's saying, um, okay, yeah, okay, got it. Yep. So, you know, man, that's hard, right? And that's I, the I hardest one of them all. That's the hardest one yeah, of them all. That's the hardest question of all the questions. This is the hardest yep. one. Because Philando Castile, right? He, yep, you know, so I, I still lean towards when when they pull you over, you know, if obviously if they ask if you have a weapon, I think you, you know, and you know this is this is assuming that this is a a lawful weapon. If they ask if you have a weapon, I think you want to disclose that you do because if they ask you to step out of the car and they have some basis to search, and you lie to them, then it just kind of escalates the situation unnecessarily. And, you know, if you have, you know, a weapon, if you have a a gun card, if you have, you know, any documentation um, in your wallet, I show that to them as well. You know, I say, hey, here, I have a concealed carry permit. Not that you need any of that anymore under, under this Kemp, Georgia. Um, but if you had that concealed carry permit, you show them the permit, you, you tell them where the weapon is, you ask them how you want them to um, handle it, how you how they want you to handle the weapon, or, you know, do, would they like you to step out of the car? You know, make, make suggestions to them. The officer, I'd be glad to step out of the car. Because, again, you're, you're managing your own safety. Um, I have... You know, we we came to Savannah for a program, um, and so three of our brothers from Black Man Lab came here to be involved in National Freedom Day. And so when they came, um, I guess a week ago, um, they had come down and they got pulled over. And so the driver um, had his hands out the window the whole time. He said, you know, he just and the officer's like, "What are you doing?" Now? I'm just keeping my hands where you can see them going in. You know, we just want to make sure everything is fine, officer. And he just just talking to the officer throughout the encounter so that over-communicate when you have a firearm so that you can say, okay, firearm is in the glove box. You want to step out? How do you want to handle this? You know, and and then move, you know, move accordingly. 
No, I love it. I'm only gonna have you for a couple of minutes, um, before I so I'll, I'm gonna get my co-host on, on afterwards so we can continue this conversation. I really had a cut I wanted to play in reference to kind of this very question, um, but I know you got to get out of here, so I wanted to make sure that we properly, really, um. I was, you know, I want to go. I would love to go to another caller, but we're going we're gonna to continue this conversation for the callers out there. Unfortunately, we won't be able to keep on our our resident expert, if you will. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I properly one. You've kind of already shared the different ways to follow you or whatever, but just in case somebody got on later and what didn't hear those type of things. So I wanted to one say thank you. Um, anything that you wanted to leave us with and highlight how people can follow you once again, because some people may not have heard that they may have gotten on the show a little later. So again, thank you so much for the time that you have provided um, again at last minute notice, but again, I'm not surprised. It's just who you are. If there's an opportunity to be there for the people, that's how you, I've known you since I've met you. And um, yes, I, I haven't been to the black man lab since the pandemic. So I definitely need to get back out there on one of these Mondays, but thank you so much for being oh, yeah. with us. Davis. Go ahead, King. Go ahead, King. Now, I mean, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate, you know, we have to have intelligent black dialogue and conversations, and this platform that you have built along with your co-hosts is important. It's important for our community to, to be engaged, to engage with one another, and to really, you know, speak life to each other and intellectually prompt each other. So I encourage people uh, to join us, you know, do the work, join an organization. When we say this is a system, it is just that, a system. And there are individual victories that are going to um, address this system the way we can address it if we are organizing uh, systemically to dismantle the system of white supremacy. And so I start with that, I end with that. I also lift up the fact that we have to um, continue engaging our young people, being in relationship with them, listening to them and sharing um, what we can and putting them in, in situations where they're being affirmed. So, again, I, I lift up Black Man Lab, um, blackmanlab.org. I lift up Let Us Make Man, letusmakeman.net. Um, and then, you know, all of those uh, organizations that are involved in serving our community, you know, again, you can, you can go to Davis Bozeman, B-O-Z-E-M-A-N, Davis Bozeman Law, M-A-W.com, um, and then follow me, Mawali, M-A-W-U-L-I, Mawali Davis. Um, on, I'm doing every day, I'm doing a video in the morning just so we can start. It's called Hey Young Brother, just to start our young men out knowing that they are loved, worthy, and needed. So that's Hey Young Brother. Then around lunchtime, I'm posting um, a video of brothers that I come into contact with, and we, it's called We See You, Black Man, We See You. And we just, again, it's a way of us allowing the world to see brothers, black men, um, just doing what they do. We had a brother, a father, and there's HVAC and a dad who's a lawyer. That we just want people to know and, and to reaffirm. And then finally, we do. Let's take a black a black man minute because sometimes we don't give ourselves time to breathe, and we just got to take some breaths and gather ourselves and just um, take a moment to feel gratitude and peace. And so, uh, again, thank you for letting me uh, rock as long as I have. And uh, 
I look forward to the next conversation. I look forward to seeing your listeners out um, in the struggle, in the movement, and then ultimately the victory for our people. No, I love it. And I'll personally invite you out February 17th, if you so happen to be free on a Friday. Um, every third Friday, we do the Mental Dialogue Live Experience, which is our live gathering once a month at Urban Ground, which I'm pretty sure you're familiar nice. with. Yeah, Black on Coffee yeah. Shop. So, um, and, our, and our event really is a smorgasbord community event where we want people to know about what else is going on in the community. So it's a great opportunity to go siphon people to pull them to Black Man Lab because I always tell people as they come mm-hmm. to the event, um, because our intentions is not, even though we do have membership, again, it's support of what we do, but even in having membership, the idea is that we're the conduit. So just take advantage of every third Friday as a, at least a marketing and advertising opportunity to let people know about Black Man Lab because we are set up intentionally in that manner. So thank you for um, your amazing information. Thank you, brother. Please yep. send me the membership. Yeah, yep, I will. I'll, I'll hit you up. And, I will, and I'll share it as well. No, love it, man. Appreciate you. I definitely will send you that. Thank you once again. We're going to go to break, and I'm going to get my queen, Jendai Hill-Jones, on with me so we can rock out the rest of this conversation. Sorry for those I didn't get the questions directly today, um, Attorney Davis, but we will get y'all on and have a conversation with y'all. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask. Have you heard the adage that a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, meet Livy Blue Photography, a premier company specializing in capturing your family portraits and turning them into wall art that stands the test of time. One visit to their website, LivyBlue.com, and you will immediately be blown away by the experience as you peruse their gallery. The lead photographer, Jolivia Northern, is a published photographer with over 10 years of experience in capturing families, weddings, and school senior portraits. If you want a breathtaking photography experience, contact Livy Blue Photography at LivyBlue.com. That's L-I-B-I-B-L-U-E.com. Love to point out one of our newest sponsors, Livy Blue Photography. They're actually doing a senior model search currently in the Atlanta area as well. We are a for those that don't know, we are a nationwide show. We also are heard in 11 countries, but again, for those locally here in Atlanta, um, go to LivyBlue.com to see the details for uh, amazing pictures. Um, um, this queen is amazing with what she do, so definitely go to LivyBlue.com and check out what she does, and we thank um, Livy Blue Photography for being one of the sponsors to keep Intelligent Radio on the air. Um, speaking of intelligence, I have one of my queens of intellect co-host jumping on this thing with me, Jadai Hill-Jones. Thank you, Queen, for jumping in the show live with us. So we're going to keep this thing rocking. But if you will, say hello to the intellectual outcast out there listening. Um, and you can share a brief background as we can keep this conversation going as we got some other callers that want to get in as well. But thank you for getting on with me, Queen. Absolutely. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is your girl, Jadai. Um the uh, founder of Black, Grown, and Merit, where the simplest things make the biggest difference when we collectively work together for the union. Uh, I'm also the owner of Empower You, period, okay, where I help girls build confidence uh, in menstrual health and hygiene. But we'll keep it moving because I know I'm in here late. Let's go, Montoya. Now, you rocking, you rocking. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump it the way you're used to this thing starting because I am curious. Um, when, I, when you heard the question, should we teach black youth it's okay to be arrested, Tell me that first thought, because you know you and I have had long discussions about this individually. But when you heard the question, particularly worded that way, I would love to hear what 
was your original thought? Uh, just to you know, just kind of just getting you in this thing. What you what did, what did you think of that question, Queen? Yeah, my first response was hell no. Shouldn't be teaching them it's good to be arrested. Okay, <laughs> but at the same token, we do need to educate them to uh, make sure that they understand how not to get arrested and if arrested, what you need to do. So yeah, my first response was dang, no. <laughs> After after that long talk we had, why I corrected you on this, you still thinking that way? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I look, I like how it's you switched. It's not good to be arrested unless they You went right where I was about to go, and I said, "Look how you just switched my joint up to it's good." I just think it's okay. <laughs> you just you you see, you see how we how we hit things and change it around. I'm like, how she just switch my joint to it's good. This thing say look, it's I okay. You, okay. Make it the trigger for me. You know I, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah, okay. <laughs> my safety's off. <laughs> my safety's off the trigger. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about how she just turn okay into good. That's that's degrees to this thing. Uh, last time I checked, if somebody say, you know, how you feeling and you say I'm good, then you feeling good about how they feeling. If they say they okay, you like they just okay. You just switch my joint up. Like you said, it might be a trick. And that's why we're doing the conversation, right? The conversation. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, I think for me it's personal because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's, it's personal for me because, yeah, because I've been on both ends of the pendulum and, in fact, just had a recent situation, mm. you know what I'm saying, with, with, with one of my sons being arrested. You know, he was wrongfully arrested. He was literally targeted because of where he worked at and where he was at. Okay, so it's there. But then it was like, I don't have a lawyer to pay for these bogus-ass charges these people put out on him. So it's like he, he got arrested. He complied. He, and even he said no probable cause or nothing. He responded to the people out of flight or flight, you know, flight and fear, right? So instead of running and all that, he was just sitting in his car. It was a wrongful arrest because they didn't even give him probable cause or any of that. And then got in here and said, oh, yeah, and this, by the way. So then they hit him with charges, right, because it's okay. Just get home safe. Go, hey, let the people take you down. But then now we can't get out the charges. Okay, you don't have the right attorney. You don't have can't pay for the attorney, you know what I'm saying, to be able to get this off your head. Okay, so no. Mm-mm. See, that backpedal, all that shit you was talking about, oh, it's okay. I'm going to come get you. I, if, if I had the bread to be able to pull up and shake them down, that, that would look different. But for those of us that are not in that income bracket, it makes it more challenging. Okay? So let's, let's talk about the example. When I could have just went back. Oh, go, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. Like at this point, I, I'm clear what needs to happen with my boys is that we need to be on police drills. Okay, about how to how to you know how to respond when you stop in a car or when you're walking. You know, look here, remain silent. Okay, <laughs> it's like don't answer no questions and don't sign shit. That's why I'm at at this point with it. Okay. Well, so let's talk about allow that them to violate their qualified immunity. But go ahead. Okay. So now let's talk about this because I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a quick mistake. You can't say don't sign shit. That's definitely not the way to rock. When you know, because again, that's about understanding and knowing your rights. You absolutely sign the ticket. Uh, we actually, I was going to play a cut that we played last week for Attorney Davis, just again, with all the questions coming in. We wanted to make sure we were taking care of our listeners, and I have another listener that wants to jump in as well. Um, but again, I love, in a sense, your passion and your perspective. And I, I'm going to tell you, once you tell, when you tell me what just happened um, with your son. You, it absolutely played out exactly like I told you, whether you're recognizing it or not. And it was because, 
Uh, now, now, as far as if, you know, again, uh, if some of it came from within the conversation, some additional charges came about, then, of course, you're talking about the right to remain silent. That's actually, a, a, in a sense, in that moment, yes, that's good information, and that is the information that you want your children to have. However, I do want you to um, not to 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 the consequence of I don't have the bread to fight this charge that is not right. I I do I don't want you moving that into the the encounter should have been handled differently because I've always highlighted that the issue because here's the truth that it is different for us. That's something that we all acknowledge. We don't acknowledge that that's right. We know that that is clearly wrong. But if we're going to be practical, and that's what myself and Attorney Davis has been doing for the last 45 minutes, is clarifying the strategy of this reality. And so when we're talking about specific strategies for the reality, you know, I, again, I don't know all the details of your son's situation. And, you know, maybe he did say something that added something else. But outside of the remain silence, the compliance is absolutely why you're able to talk about, hey, my son has a case. Although I am not happy about you having a case, I'm not happy that the charge may stick unfairly, none of that. However, my dialogue has always been about the concept of surviving the encounter, and that's what you must teach your children. So I am asking, while it is very personal to you, to hear, I'm, I've clearly been consistent about why I am talking about compliance in the moment, ultimately for the survival and the concern when we have moments in which some of our children are losing their lives. So, again, if you can hear that nuance, I am consistent about why I'm saying it in reference to surviving the, the encounter and being smart and in compliance because what happens is I doubt, you're, you know, I don't know how exactly how old your son is, but I don't know if there's something your son could have said that would have changed what you're experiencing now. But I do know had your son not acted like you taught him, we might be having a different conversation. Do you understand really what I am talking about when I say it is okay? I'm not calling it good. It's not good. When I say it's okay, I'm talking about the strategy only. Not that it's all right. Not that you ever want your son to be arrested. Your thoughts, Queen. Okay, Montoya. Good. <laughs> <laughs> right, I just like to get that clarity. Okay. We got to get a caller out there. But I think you are hearing what I'm saying. I am consistent about what my concern is. I am not trying to make this shit okay. That's not what I am. Not saying it's yeah. all right. Yeah, but I mean, he's alive. Amen. Okay, but then when they're trying to hit you with charges, that, that makes things difficult for you to try to get a job. When you're trying to get an apartment, when you're trying to have a way of life as an independent black man, this ain't cute, Montoya. Okay. No, it's like, you know, yeah, here it is. Here it but is. I mean, you're and right. He's, he's alive, so Montoya. I'm excited that he is alive. No, but I it's like, how, how long? It's like what the brother said. It's like but, like something systemic has to change. Like we should not have to be, okay. you know what I'm saying, on the ass so, end so, of this so, thing. So, so, so here it is. The brother said get involved systemically. That's a whole nother thing because what happens is because of your passion, which is what I, what I would like to highlight, is because we are weighing out all of the consequences typically, I'm talking about in those moments, especially our young people. And again, I'm glad your son did not 
react a different way because of the consequences. So you're right. What happens is you're thinking, when we start thinking of the consequences in that moment, that often is what causes people to act out, to put themselves at risk. And so when I say it's okay, yes, I'm saying be okay with all those consequences. I'm not saying that's easy to do. I am highlighting when we say he's alive, but the but there is no other alternative but to be in the position that you're in now. Maybe not able to afford to a fight to fight unlawful charges. I'm not saying you should be okay with it emotionally. That's not what I'm saying to you. I am highlighting that typically in those stops, we start thinking about all the consequences that will come from this arrest that should not, that's not right, that's wrong. And so when we act in a human way, which we should be allowed to do, but it is not our reality. And because of that, it is in a requirement that parents like yourself teach your children to act just as your son did. And a lot of children are not receiving that. So they are responding in the moment out of fear and thinking of all those consequences because nobody gave them the game. The game is we'd rather fight even if we can't afford to. We're up against the break. Area code 416, we'll get to you coming out of the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. They still go with me Cause I look like money Smell like money Talk like money Even walk like money Can I have to sign it? Alright You cannot sign and go to jail This one here Alright, that's the last one Copy the citation. You have any questions? Come over here for me, ma'am. Can you come here, ma'am? All right, so you're going to receive a ticket for being in the park after hours. All right? Just need to sign right here on the X. But because we're out of time, didn't you say we were out of time so we wouldn't have known that? Yeah, but that's that's not a valid reason why. You should be in the park because you're from out of time. And what's your back number? 7452. Okay, 
name? Officer Brooks. What's your first name? I'm not, I'm not going to give you my first name. Okay, and I don't have to sign this, right? You do have to sign it. No, I don't. Okay. Well, like I explained to him, if you don't sign it, then mm -hmm. you're going to be physically taken to jail. Gotcha. So you're refusing to sign? What's your name? Officer Brooks, 7452. What's the badge number? I gave it to you two times, man. Okay, I'm asking again. And I'm not giving it to you. Again. Okay. Are you going to sign it? No, because I want your badge okay. number. That's fine. Turn and put your hands behind your back for me. Hey, listen, my man. She says she's not signing. Put your hands behind your back. Sir, you're hurting me. Okay. I'm asking you to put your hands behind your back. Um, sir? Put your hands behind your back. Sir? Put your hand behind your back. I need you to back up. I'm just saying, like, I need you to back up. You don't need a pressure like that. She's, she's not putting her hands behind her back. I'm asking, I'm asking I'm a question. Okay. I'm just, all I'm doing is Put your hands behind your back. Put your hands behind your back. You're under arrest. Put your hands behind your back. I asked you to sign the ticket. You told me you're not signing it. Sir, put your hands I, I'm your asking back. you a question. Okay. I'm letting you know. I'm not going to ask you again. I'm going to forcefully put your hands behind your back. But, sir, Mr. Brooks, is this really necessary? Mr. Brooks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, listen, my she man, needs back to put, up. She needs to put her, let her, let her, can I, let her okay, you can put your phone down. Okay, Mr. Brooks. Oh, my God. Hold on. Put your hands behind your back. I'm not saying that I'm refusing to sign the ticket. I'm going to no, sign the ticket. You don't have an option, no. Because I'm, I'm, but I'm going to sign the ticket, Mr. Brooks. I'm going to sign the ticket. I'm going to sign the ticket. No, I'm not here to play games with you. I know, but I'm going to sign the ticket. Put your hands behind your back. I'm going, Mr. Brooks. Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host Jendaya Hill-Jones. This morning's discussion question, should we teach black youth it's okay to be arrested? As again, I played this actual cut last week and wanted to bring it back to this particular show. Very disturbing cut to hear. Hard to hear one of our queens have that experience. Before I get to the caller, uh, Jedi, I don't know if you saw when that particular video went viral or heard it before, maybe your first time, um, but just want to hear your initial thoughts, and, and then we'll jump to a couple of these callers out here. Go ahead, Queen. Yeah, indeed, it's my first time uh, hearing the call, but for me, it's just it's more of the same, I'm telling you. It's more of the same. 
Right. And so let me highlight a couple of things and then we'll get to the college. Um, and I didn't do this last week because, again, I wasn't in, – in, and even in bringing that cut, again, it's hard to even bring those type of things to um, share because I definitely understand, again, that in again sense these moments can be triggering. Um, but at the end of the day, for educational purposes and to understand, um, at the end of the day, you know, we end up simply having our sister be arrested simply for being in a park too late. And it, this video happened to go viral, and there was a lot of dialogue back and forth. But similar to um, Attorney Davis that he mentioned in the last hour, um, having he, he's now obviously him being in the legal field, they've been doing Know Your Rights, as he said, for the past 15 years. Uh, but I've put on, you know, just to give some context, I've put on a couple of Know Your Rights events uh, with the Mental Dialogue um, um, Community Club and been asked to moderate one as well, again, just trying to get the right information out to our, to our youth. And I'll just highlight a couple of things uh, for those that may have tuned in late. But Attorney Davis mentioned this, I was, and I wanted to play this for him, but he'd already mentioned this. But just the idea of, you know, simply not signing a ticket or whatever is really just acknowledgement of the receipt of it. Um, just to clarify that for those who don't know and quite often will make the mistake of, you know, refusing to sign the acknowledgement of receiving a ticket. Just to clarify, one, what that is. Mm -hmm. um, oh, go, go ahead, Quinn. You got something? Yeah, I wish he was still on because again, I've, if she would have come, if she would have, like she refused to sign it, right? So when she refused to sign it, if she would just allow them to arrest her, I'm interested to know would she be able? To, doesn't that go into um, uh, him losing his qualified immunity for wrongfully arresting her? So that's um, what I would yeah. like to ask him about how you can place surety bonds on police officers. Who are out of line? He's not so, giving her uh, this probable cause. So, what happens, yeah. So what happens is that I, you know, I, I know again. Um, I get, maybe you're missing. She's not getting arrested if she signs the paper, though. Do you do you not do you not miss that? Right, because, but she refused to sign the paper, which is her right. And then he says she's going to be arrested. So has she just allowed her to arrest her? Right? Where, Isn't where, that why, something why, she could get after? Once no, she so got downtown, you, you know. You why do you think it's her right? I don't understand why you said that's her right. Where you, I'm, I'm letting you know that that is incorrect. I'm just like and he and because he's saying he disagrees with what with the with the ticket. Okay, right? so just so here it is, here it is. Let me clarify. Attorney Davis has already said this, but no, again, there is no. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, you disagree with the, the you signing the ticket has nothing to do with agreement or disagreement with the ticket. That's what I just highlighted. That's why I'm giving the information clear clarified to anyone out there listening. You're not signing to guilt or anything with signing the ticket. It is simply acknowledgement of the ticket. I'm giving that information so that they properly understand, please sign the ticket, because if you don't sign the ticket, you just witness what can happen. Now, when it went viral on the Internet, the general public, and I don't disagree, and I agree with this, the general public is the officer still could have chosen not to go that far. I'm not, I, I'm not, I agree with the public in that sense. However, for there is no question here when I'm explaining that all you're ever doing is acknowledging receipt of the ticket. That is just a status for the court to say, all right, we can go forward because this person has signed that they receive it. It is not agreement or disagreement with the ticket, and that's why people quite often attempt to refuse, but it is absolutely a mistake, and you typically will be arrested if you do not refuse. That is the actually how it is, just so – and I hope I've given you some clarity on that. Yeah, not dis disagreeing with the ticket. That's not what you're doing. The officers typically state that, too. This is not you admitting guilt 
or anything, but I do need you to sign the ticket. So that is legally how that goes, just for clarity purposes for you to know, okay? Yeah, got it. But I think that's also like a part of the problem. Okay, I get it. Sign the ticket. It's just a receipt. But that's also like like the, the other part of the problem is that it seems like when it comes to the law, everything is at their discretion. They can, but they don't have to. But if they want to, they can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so it's like we're trying to maneuver between those things. And then it's like right. it's being supported, even though they didn't have to. You know, it's being supported in the system that they get to pick and choose how they want to address certain things. And not to mention, half of them don't know their own laws. Once, okay, go ahead, Michael. Okay. So, so that's why we're trying to give you the game to not allow for that discretion to come in, or whatever. And then here's what happens. The other reality is, and just to point this out, and I agree with this 100 percent. Uh, Attorney Davis highlighted that in the event that you are stopped by some type of officer who is hell-bent on whatever they're going to do or going to harm you, I'm just going to that extreme to highlight also the knowledge, the knowledge, that, the knowledge that we're giving you is now you have these, let's say you actually do comply, you actually do these things. So now we're highlighting that Attorney Davis is going to say, hey, you call him, highlight what was done wrong, and that's how you in a sense, if possible, you can beat your case because of what was done wrong. So I want to be very clear, just again, because I get this is a very sensitive issue for you in particular and a lot of others, and I've been wrongfully arrested and literally went to, had to go down to the court, didn't even have to walk in the courtroom. It was so bad because my lawyer, it was such a bad situation that I got, like I say, a completely false arrest that I didn't even have to walk in the courtroom. I caught, walked, my, my lawyer was in there for one minute. And say you can go home. It was but what that about bad. the people who don't have a lawyer on retainer one toy? Okay. So, so what this is? So what about who can't afford to have a lawyer on, so on retainer like that? Right. I didn't. Have, I don't have a lawyer on retainer. So let me let me highlight. So what about those people? What happens is you you best listen to what you should do, the tactics and the strategies, so that you can best stay out of harm's way. That's what Attorney Davis just pointed out on the last hour, as the young people say, try to stay out the way. So meaning, I get, you don't want the consequences of having to go to jail under some false pretenses. I am not removed after telling you that that's okay. But when you say, but what about it? You didn't. You only get to react, or you you. And again, your ch- child did listen to what you taught, and the idea of getting emotional to say, "Well, don't sign shit." Now you put your child at more risk, not understanding what you should be doing, or knowing the information to use against them. And yes, if you can't afford a lawyer and get to court, you receive consequences. But I'm still gonna say. I want your child to come home, and that's a form of your child coming home, even if they are locked up illegally. Because the alternative, I'm, you're not hearing me being for the law. I'm against the alternative of not understanding this information. Does that make sense, Queen? I'm just completely against that alternative, and I'm not saying the alternative is only that our children will be shot or killed, or you as an adult will be shot and killed, but I don't even want you mishandled by the law. I don't, I, I, I struggle to play that cut because of what I'm hearing of the sister being manhandled. I'm not, none of that is okay for me. 
I struggle listening to that stuff. And do you hear me saying the same thing? The passion that you're hearing is not me being okay with even playing the cut. I struggled with whether I was going to play it. However, for the biggest purpose, the bigger purpose of strategy, as Attorney Davis just said in the last hour, for the biggest, bigger purpose of strategy based on our reality, it is worth to have the dialogue and we can't just reduce it down to it's up and down to their discretion. In that situation, had she known she should simply sign, that stops that. I was going to highlight one other thing. Sorry for the caller. Sorry, y'all. We're just kind of dialoguing through this thing. The other thing that I wanted to highlight, because again, simply sign it because it's just simply acknowledgement. That's just information for us, us all to know. The other thing, and Attorney Davis talked about this, he didn't even hear the cut. He just pointed this out in stops. He said, talked about the idea of asking for the cops' information and their badge number, which is lawfully you may be able to do. But he even said this. Again, he didn't even get to hear this cut. He was pointing it out on his own accord just based on typical stops. He highlighted to do that in a smart way, which is go get go through the whatever you're being stopped for, and if you are receiving a ticket and things, he just says do it after the fact. And, and he highlighted because you don't want to Start asking for the officer's number because it could be a bad day. Again, not that we're making it okay for an officer to act improper just because they're having a bad day. His, he pointed out that's not what he's saying. However, it, it we don't want to antagonize someone who can, as you just said, start using their discretion. And we both know that's not always in our favor. So the strategy is to comply and understand, ask for the officer's number after the fact versus doing it in that moment. When in this situation, ignorance of the law is never a defense and unknowingly they're in a park unknowingly. So she asked questions, rightfully so, but getting the officer's number with the tone and stuff like that created a situation where he unfortunately triggers and arrests the sisters for something that simple. Again, I'm not even putting it on her. I'm just talking about the dialogue of understanding how we as a people should move in those moments. The more that we can equip our children with, with compliance, get the officer's information after the encounter is over, not during it to create some type of attack situation. And Attorney Davis even said this, and I'm going to the caller, even said, and I thought this, I didn't even think about this. He says, you can even wait to, to call the station and find out the information on the officer in the event that something was done wrong. And he's highlighting that and he said instead of creating an antagonist situation, just call after the fact to get that officer's info and then let somebody know what that officer done wrong or make the complaint instead of creating a situation in that moment. Even though it is your right, do not create a situation that becomes dangerous for you. Uh, that That's where he's going at with it. Let me go to this caller. Area code 416 last 3119. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hi, Montoya. This is Leslie calling from Toronto, Canada. Can you hear me all right? No, you're coming through loud and clear. Thanks for calling, Queen. It's been a minute. Glad to have you back on the show. Thank you. I, I, I agree with everything that you and uh, the lawyer, Mr. Davis, shared. I, I do think that it's, it's unwise to argue or to run away from police officers because you're putting your life on the line if you do so. 
And I think it's also important that you have your car insurance, your registration, your, your license is, is, is in order. These things are all very important. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask about your opinion on is in hearing the story about Tyree Nichols, um, I haven't heard anyone in the mainstream media address why he chose to run away from the officers. So I'm wondering, like, what you think is the psychology, um, like, what was going through his mind to lead him to think that he could actually run away and get away from five police officers? And secondly, why, what, what is the psychology of five black male officers choosing to beat a black man to death? Like, what's behind that? Like, I'm not really understanding that. So if you could share your view on that, I'd really appreciate it. So um, I'm, I'm going to keep it succinct for today's show. I'm definitely going to answer your first question. I highlighted in a video prior to this show that I, to a degree I wanted to avoid some of the particulars of that situation. Um, it, uh, I'll just say, I, and I could send you a past show, I've brought on therapists in the past on why I don't see it advantageous for our community to over discuss those situations in in that manner i don't see it as an advantage for us but i will highlight again this is a guess uh, we may never know why that particular young man chose to run you know and again just to ask answer that specifically but there is the reality of uh, the possibility from a psychological standpoint the trauma response of the history that we've unfortunately had with law enforcement being part of yeah. that moment. So what happens yeah. is uh, you're, I hear you, um, Leslie, saying, well, you know, why do we think he could get away from five people? While you're watching it outside, outside looking in from the logic of it, the, the reality of trauma responses for any of us, whatever it might be, um, that trauma is going to be um, mixed with emotion. And so logic kind of does not come at play when you possibly have a mm-hmm. trauma response. And so, um, again, I don't know all the particulars because I intentionally don't pay attention. Again, I've done shows on why I don't pay attention, so I don't know all the particulars. I think I did hear just so in passing because, again, I didn't do a lot of research on the situation that, um, you know, at this moment, part of the reason, um, you know, maybe that we don't know whatever that, you know, maybe the young man, um, again, it could have been just a fear response. And he may not even been guilty of anything in the moment. And that's the type of things that can happen with our children when you oversee these things on social media, which, while mm. in my opinion, it becomes even more imperative that we are having really having the talk with our children. Because, unfortunately, um, our children may be in that situation. They may be the best child in the world, may not be involved in anything of them ever being stopped. And while we think of our children as angels, and they might actually be, it doesn't mean they won't get afraid in the moment because of everything that they see. You have to equip them with, here's this moment. It may happen even though you have done nothing. Here are the things that you could be equipped with. So, again, um, definitely not getting into the because, again, I don't want to discuss any of that. I didn't see the video, will not ever see the video, and haven't watched a video like that in years. I didn't even watch the George Floyd video, even though we did a show after that time. So, again, I'm sorry not to address your second part of the question about those officers, but I am highlighting that it easily could have been a trauma response, which, again, I'm going to reiterate, makes it imperative that we have dialogues like this 
so that we walk our children to, as I always say, parents, let them know whether they did it or not, you're coming to get them. That is more settling than having a trauma response and running out of fear because the fear could be that I think these people are going to kill me. And if you think that, and again, forget these five officers. I'm just talking about any any encounter with the officer. You could be innocent and get to get and, and get out and run on the boys if that's the culture yeah. and the experience that you've had. And that's a actual logical. Believe it or not, it is a logical response if that is a fair fair fear based on their friend. In Atlanta, for example, some of their friends have been harmed by the police. So that's actually a logical thought, even though outside looking in, we're like, why does this kid run it? Fight or flight. I love that answer, Montoya, the the trauma response. And I I think that that definitely needs to be addressed. um, Because if people aren't, you know, in a a trauma response, like, the logic flies out the window. So I think that's really important. And I'm glad that you, you mentioned that to me. The one more thing I want to ask though, is here in Toronto, when people are arrested and they can't pay for their own lawyer, we have what's called legal aid, which I don't know if it's a hundred percent or if it's 90% or whatever, but low income people get a legal aid lawyer. I don't know. Do they have that in Atlanta? Um, yes. Um, um, it is definitely, uh, here's the reality. The reality yeah, we call is... a court appointed lawyer. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, we definitely have it or whatever it is, and if, and you can. And imagine. they ain't used half the time. Yeah, 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 and if, yeah. And if you can imagine, in a, in, a, in a country of three hundred and I think twenty-five million, um, they're obviously always overworked, underpaid, and um, it, it, and it, the reality of our legal system is, if you can afford to, then you can get a fair shot. Um, they do have that. Just to answer your question, it all it's not. You know, again, it's not. And some of them do amazing work. So I'm not acting like every corner porter lawyer is out there. A lot of times they're just simply overwhelmed and can't do everything. And um, if you can't afford one, you could be then um, committed murder and be on a death penalty case with a lawyer that just appointed to you that ain't that's new to the game. So again, that's just mm-hmm. keeping it in a book about how that works. But we do have that here in the United States. Thank you for your call, Queen. Yeah. You're welcome. All right. I'm gonna You're keep welcome. banging these callers out. I do have to do I'm gonna, I'm gonna double up on the commercial. So the next commercial, y'all, is gonna be a little longer than normal just because again I missed one on one of my, my breaks. Uh let's keep keep rocking with the callers. I definitely wanna make sure we're getting the stuff in here. Area code five seven one last three two three seven. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey Montoya, it's Emil. How you doing, brother? I'm out of the northern Virginia, DC area. The DMV. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for getting in with us, King. What you got for me this morning? So, um, you know, you're dropping wisdom and science, and everything you just said is is important. I just want to emphasize to every, especially every young brother, um, your desire to go home has to trump your desire to be free. And the problem with a lot of us is we don't understand that there's an opportunity for us to have our day if we're okay. But if we're dead, the funeral, the service is not going to happen. And I know you don't want to emphasize death as an opportunity, as a possibility, but I come from the school of I'm not leaving any of my future in the hands of another person to the extent that I can. Right? So what is my best way to control my future? And to do that is, if I can de-escalate the situation because I can't be guaranteed, 
that the person on the other side of the badge will de-escalate the situation. So it's upon me. And no, I'm not trained. No, I do not have weeks or months or years of police training to learn how to de-escalate a situation. I have to use my best judgment and common sense. And sometimes that common sense is much more effective in that situation than all of that training that the person behind the badge may have. And that's a sad case, but it means that if I'm going to have the common sense and the calm judgment, I'm going to say, what do I need to do to de-escalate the situation? And that's all I care about is getting to getting out of the situation with the least amount of kerfuffle, trouble, uh, and more importantly, leave as little as possible to the judgment of the person behind the badge. I do not know what they're like. I do not know how they interpret the situation. I'm trying to do my best to take as much power out of their hands as possible by being calm, thoughtful, and understand that every time I choose to engage, I'm placing power in the hands of the person behind the badge, and I don't want that. I want to keep as much power as I can in my hands. So I'm going to have to, through these discussions, through discussions with young men and women, especially young men, mentoring them, you are not supposed to argue with this person because you don't know how they'll interpret that argument. Let the judge handle that. You focus on keeping the situation as calm as possible. Not easy because none of us are trained and we don't have months and years of psychological training and months and years of forced training and months of years of uh, specific how to de-escalate situation training like every police academy teaches their um, police officers in every jurisdiction in this country. They all use the same basic criteria. It doesn't matter. What matters is can I, in the moment where it matters most to me, stay calm? No, I love that. Do you have any extra time, brother? I want to keep you on for some. Um, I, got I a, do have time. Uh, yes, sir. Okay, cool. I have a couple of comments. Um, I got brother, uh, brother Kevin, stuff I don't want to get on as well. Uh, but I got a couple of comments from Facebook because I put this question up this week that I want to share. Um, but we are going to go to break, so I'm going to um, keep you on past the break. Uh, we'll be right back. We're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Do you simply want your taxes done this tax season, or do you prefer to have your taxes completed by a professional on top of current and constantly changing tax codes? If so, look no further than S. Kinds Accounting and Tax Services, where each year, plenty of satisfied customers from around the country return for an efficient and professional tax experience. For small businesses, S. Kinds Accounting and Tax not only provides bookkeeping and accounting on a monthly, quarterly, and or yearly basis, but S. Kinds Accounting and Tax goes above and beyond to provide yearly tax strategies to increase the bottom line, profits. While no one likes when Uncle Sam or the IRS comes knocking, know you're in good hands with S-Kinds Accounting and Tax. Call them today at 770-947-3667. Again, that's 770-947-3667. Or email them at advice at thetaxcoach.com. Black people, I love you, and I love you enough to tell you, you ain't ready to revolt shit. 
You don't feed yourself. You don't hunt your own animals and slaughter them. You don't prep your own meat. You don't own your own land. You don't have a seed growing in your window. So when you think about revolutionarism and you think about fighting and dying in the street, you ain't shit if you can't feed your children. You ain't nothing if you can't teach your children to hunt. I've been hearing this revolutionary talk all my life. All my life, I've been seeing leaders get before me and tell me how much of a strong warrior. And just like the United States Army, just like the military, I've seen their words send black boys off to die in the street fighting and arguing with police. You have no win. He was innocent and he got 19 years. His mama couldn't afford the right lawyer. His dad didn't know a senator. You have no wins. If you, how many of you practice a martial art today? Who practices a martial art today? How many boys are practicing a martial art in your community today? Today. That's what I'm saying. We're not ready to fight. You say fight back, fight the police. The police are trained to shoot. They're trained in martial combat. We're not. What are we going to do? Now, I'm not saying give up. I'm not saying you can't train yourself. But what I'm saying is if you're not training every week, if you're not shooting every week, if you're not knowing how to grow your own food, arguing with me and arguing with the police ain't going to do nothing. Because if we all leave right now, if we all leave right now and we got a speeding ticket, we ain't all going to agree not to pay it. You understand what I'm saying? I agree we still slaves. I'm telling you right now today, Malcolm said by any means necessary, by any means necessary, and we're talking about children. We're talking about young men. These boys aren't even intelligent enough yet not to know what girl not to like. They're not even intelligent enough yet not to know how to, I always should have a condom. They're not even intelligent enough yet to know not to argue with their teachers. Don't send these babies off to die because you didn't die when you were 21. Don't you send these babies off to die because you feel like you missed the 60s and the 70s. I want to see more black attorneys, more black law enforcement. I want to see more black people pooling their money to run their own candidates. I want to see more black police officers that are from the neighborhood because I'm telling you I'm telling you they tried to leave one time and they formed Liberia look at Liberia now look at what Haiti did they revolted every European country punishes Haiti for revolting so if you're not going to revolt tomorrow if you're not going to do like Elijah said and take all the southern states if you're not going to gentrify Alabama stop trying to grow warriors to fight a fight you too scared to fight you pay your speed tickets you ain't not paying your tickets you ain't telling kids how to bust out every car window. And then when they riot, you never there with them. When they riot, where's the church? Where are the teachers? Where are the institutions? So I'm just saying, you do what you want to. But as for me in my house, I'm going to raise a warrior that knows how to use his hands, knows how to use his mind, and loves the people with his heart. Your job. Your job is to survive the encounter. Survive the encounter. And when daddy gets there with a lawyer, when daddy makes sure you got a judge that looks like you, we'll deal with that other shit. But you survive the encounter, young man. Don't you down the side of the goddamn street like a dog. Powerful comment from Killer Mike. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue talk show. This morning's discussion question, should we teach black youth? It's okay to be arrested, especially 
guest co-host, Zendaya Hill-Jones. Got one of the callers still on the line, Emil Bryant. Brother Calvin wanting to get in. I haven't given out the number because y'all been calling pretty regular. Uh, but if anybody else wants to get in for this last half hour, 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We bring Emil back live. Um, Jada, I'll let you um, respond to um, what you just heard from Killer Mike. I know you've probably definitely heard that before, but I just thought it was pertinent to this morning's discussion. So I'll just kind of get your thoughts um, before I share these comments from one of um, our followers on the on Facebook page. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I remember that speech, and that was one of the most powerful speeches ever, okay? <laughs> um, when I heard it coming out and even being able to hear hear it on, on replay, I, I completely agree with everything he just said, and I, I completely get the paradigm of, yes, get home safe, and I know that that is the right way to go, and I still, you know what I'm saying, push this with, the, with our children, just for the FYI, in the midst of my triggers and talking with you. Um, it's just the issue for me is just like how long do we have to live like this way? But like Killer Mike said, that's the plan. The plan he's talking about is the plan we need to collectively be implementing. And it's just taking longer than I desire. It's happening. If there's a shift happening, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I I'd be excited and ready to, you know, shift in that in that direction of what he's what he's speaking on. Well, I definitely respect that. All right, I got a meal back live. All right, brother, um Kevin, we're gonna get to you, but I want to share this thought. Um, definitely from one of my good friends. You might know. Um, you may know. You, I don't know if you know him. He um, went to school with us actually. But um, brother William House, um, he responded to me putting this question out this week. He says, "Should we teach black youth it's okay to be arrested?" Um, and he gave this quick response, and I wanted to give my thoughts and hear both of your thoughts as well to this. So his response was, "No, I am teaching my boys not to do anything that will get them arrested. That means watch where you go." Watch who is with you. Keep your head on the swivel for situations that can go bad. So I would yes, highlight. Yes, I would, yes. So I would highlight. I disagree with this a hundred percent. I disagree with it a hundred percent because uh, what he's teaching has his children, in my opinion, his boys, and they're they're uh, brilliant young brothers. Just to highlight that I know of them because I know this brother. But I disagree a hundred a hundred percent. Because his boys will be least prepared in the event that, one, they are mistaken identity and then, therefore, are arrested via mistaken identity. And so if the only training that is had during the talk is, is here's how you act not to get arrested, then they have, you know, I could, you know again, this is a short response. He may have given have this other talk, but just based on the response, if you're teaching them, you know, no, it's not okay to be arrested and do things not to get arrested, what are you teaching them in the event that they are arrested via mistaken identity? And so, in my opinion, the conversations and the stuff that Attorney Davis has brought to the table, I hope some of the things that I'm bringing to the table are lessons that still have to be taught. And I will add, I, you can't just teach don't do things not to get arrested. I will make sure my, you know, if I had a son or a daughter or the children that I mentor, I make sure they know you got somebody coming to get you. That is the coming when you are in a situation where you know you are innocent and it is human nature to convey to the officer, you got the wrong person or I am innocent or I don't know why I'm being arrested. While that is quite normal, it is a human reaction that you should be allowed to have. 
Again, if you haven't heard the first hour, I do want to be clear that although I am advocating be compliant, it is not simply just to do what the hell they say. It is a bigger context in at play here. And the most common thing that you can do for your child or your daughter, even as they become an adult, is to know that although this situation is going awry, although I know I'm completely innocent, I have been told by my parents they got me whether I did it or not. That's where the common sense that Emil spoke to can come in. And so if you will, Emil, I'm bringing you back live. But that's my response to one of my good friends. I think it is a disservice to just simply teach, don't do things to get arrested, because those are the people that usually have the worst response. People that messing around in criminal activity almost sometimes know how to act with the police because they didn't done it too many times, right? But it's when you've never been in the situation that I think his children are at risk just to teach, don't get arrested. Your thoughts, King? Yes, I agree with that. I think yeah, you no, I'm asking, I'm asking the mill to jump in, Queen. I'm asking the mill to jump in real quick because I'm going to let him go. Oh, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Emil. Yeah, no, I'm black in America, so I understand that it doesn't matter if I'm innocent or guilty. It doesn't matter that if I'm in the right place at the right time, wrong place, wrong time, wrong place, right time, or right place, wrong time. None of that's relevant. What's relevant is, as a black person in America, I am always a suspect. It doesn't matter if I drive a Mercedes in a nice neighborhood or a hoopty in, the, in a rough neighborhood, I'm always a suspect. I do not like that reality. It makes my nation and my home hostile to me. But the reality is that I'm always a suspect, no matter how well I dress, no matter how well I speak, no matter my education. I always go back to what Malcolm X said. What do you call a black, what do they call a black PhD? And when we know the answer to that question, we understand that it's not about our status, our situational awareness, our ability to recognize danger signals, and perhaps avoid a situation where it's likely that something involving the police may happen. I had teenage children. They went to house parties. They knew when to leave. It didn't matter. So what matters is you are in America, you are black, and you are going to have to face one one time in your life the possibility of being wrongfully arrested. So how do you deal with that? de-escalate the situation. And if you don't tell your children and teach them how to stay calm in a moment where danger is a possibility, they will panic. And the answer is everybody who has a child in America who's black needs to say, this is what happens when you get arrested. De-escalate the situation, take the punishment, and what did you say, Montoya? I got you. That's the most affirming thing. And I want my child to know, even if they didn't mess around and not took my values, and they didn't mess around and did something, and they wrong. Attorney Davis pointed this out in the last hour. Take the charge. Take the charge. And I beautifully had one of my former um, co-hosts call in and said this. this. I thought this was a beautiful challenge just to think about it in a deeper way. She actually said, are you saying take the charge? Because it's financially to your benefit as a lawyer to get the case. And he was like, hey, I don't even do criminal cases. I'm telling you this out of the love of our people. Take the charge. And, 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 and he's saying that to young men that he mentors weekly in the event that they riding dirty, they actually did it. And he's like, don't volunteer no information. Don't, you know, don't get caught 
in the sense of if you don't have to volunteer information and you're not searched, but in the event that you are, don't react in a way. Take the charge. We will. We got you. We got you. And so I know if I can't say this to God, I'm gonna let Emil go. That in the event that um, you know, again, you are only stuck with a court-appointed lawyer. We both know that is not the best situation to be in. If you can pay to play, it obviously gives you a more fair shot in this unfortunate system. But in the event that you have to take that court-appointed lawyer, that is still the way to go. Tell your children it is okay. I disagree with him telling his children, no, it is not okay. I get why he's saying it, because he wants them to act in a way where they never should and could be arrested. That is what we all wish for our children. However, as Emil just pointed out, it doesn't mean you could not be wrong place, wrong time. And if that situation happens, have you given your child the game of how to respond? Thank you for jumping in on that, Emil. Um, Jinda, I'll let you say a thought, and then we're going to go to Kevin. Oh, indeed. I, I agree with a lot of what was said on both sides. Um, even um, with the caller, I agree with you in regards to setting them up a failure. Just do right, and you'll be just fine. Because, yeah, they, they most likely may respond, like, you know, um, all the wrong way, and it goes all wrong because they're not prepared because they just assume that, hey, since I'm doing, I, I'm right this out here, I don't have to worry about that. You know, that, that can be dangerous uh, in itself. But I also agree with the brother saying about equipping our children to be able to de-escalate situations, even though we don't come with all these years of training, and those people should be held accountable. We know that's not the reality. I think the lesson for me has been, in, in my personal experiences, because we've been with my husband, and I had to get out the car, and they searched our whole car with my children in the car, and like I said, with the situation with my son, the lesson for me is that it has to be a continuous conversation. You know, yes. like when I say continuous, it's a, it's a conversation that we have to have from time to time to make sure it's almost like doing drills on how not to be soft so that they don't forget or that they don't panic, that it becomes a normal thing for them, the kind of the way that, that these videos affect us when they're on repeat, it's on our mind, you know, but creating drills for, for my sons to be able to know, hey, what are your rights, how do you mm-hmm. respond, how do you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I love it, I love put it. Them in, a, in, a, in a better situation because I think that, that was, a, you know, when I look over the, like, look back on a situation that was recent with my own son, I have to look at the fact that, hey, this is not something that we continue to speak about unless, try, unless you know what I'm saying, something crazy comes up, right? Wow. And and then you're in autopilot with trying to have the conversation and trying to drill it into them. But on the day when shit is all good, we need to be having that conversation. Hey, are you comfortable with being stopped? If you are, what, what are the things that you're supposed to do? Okay, and you know we're going to come get you, right? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> well, which is exactly what happened. But I think that's what needs to happen is that as as black families, we need to, like, have these conversations with them, uh, uh, you know, within their lifetime, throughout their lifetime, versus the one or two things, you know, so that they don't fight or flight uh, in the trauma. Absolutely. Love it. And that's the, why we're having these dialogues, right, too. Because, again, I even thought, I'm like, do I really want to keep revisiting these conversations? Again, we're staying away from the moment that has us having this conversation because, again, that trauma serves us no purpose. But this reality of the, like you just said, the need to realize the talk shouldn't happen just once and make sure you got all the info. We've given out information, you know, with the Black Man Live or, I mean, the Black Man Lab or David Spoke. These are places where you can get resources. 
to, to figure out how to have these conversations. As y'all can clearly see, um, Queen out there driving, moving around. We're going to make it work. We're off against our last break. So we're going to go to this last break, and we're going to get to Brother Kevin out of South Carolina coming out of the break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Do you simply want your taxes done this tax season, or do you prefer to have your taxes completed by a professional on top of current and constantly changing tax codes? If so, look no further than S. Kinds Accounting and Tax Services, where each year, plenty of satisfied customers from around the country return for an efficient and professional tax experience. For small businesses, S. Kinds Accounting and Tax not only provides bookkeeping and accounting on a monthly, quarterly, and or yearly basis, but S. Kinds Accounting and Tax goes above and beyond to provide yearly tax strategies to increase the bottom line, profits. While no one likes when Uncle Sam or the IRS comes knocking, know you're in good hands with S-Kinds Accounting and Tax. Call them today at 770-947-3667. Again, that's 770-947-3667. Or email them at advice at thetaxcoach.com. We want an immediate end to police brutality and murder of black people. Well, perhaps more than anything else, the Black Panthers stood for the right of black people to defend themselves against white violence, even if it meant carrying weapons and using them in self-defense. But it also brought violent conflict with police. And by 1969, at least 28 Panthers had been killed in shootouts with police. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host, Zendaya Hill-Jones. As you hear a cut talking about the Black Panthers and, and their response back then at the time with the police brutality that was going on. And um, just to highlight some numbers for those that know I am a stats and numbers guy and um, uh Situations that, you know, unfortunately like the Tyree Nichols and the different situations that unfortunately continues to happen from time to time or we see them, you know, brought broadcast on the, the news when they do happen and they're obviously disturbing to our community. Uh, just to highlight police brutality, and this is not to try to make something good or, 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 or to, to, to downplay something, but unfortunately um, at in the 60s, um, Deaths were quadruple what they are now, unfortunately, for our community um, at the hands of the police. As you hear about, again, at the time, the Panthers, as we now know, some of their stories stepping up to want to protect their communities. And, you know, that response, as you just heard, unfortunately, you know, led to 28 Panthers specifically um, within a year's time. Um losing their lives in various shootouts with the police. And, and, I'm, and I'm highlighting that context because what happens is when these moments rear their head, we're, we're, we're reminded of that history, and our trauma sometimes trigger us to, to, to think that it exists on the exact same level. And, again, I'm not just downplaying for the sake of downplaying, but I am highlighting that while sometimes these situations can frustrate and say, hey, our response needs to be something like that or similar to that. Um, you know, I, I highlight the practicality and the reality of um, 
a violent response is a well and easily understood response in this country. And nor should we forget that and be careful with emotional things that are not going to be successful and lead to taking down and tearing down systemic issues like Attorney Davis talked about. And as you can hear Jendaya's passion in saying, uh, you know, getting frustrated with the length of time that it is taking. But in a sense, we are we have moved the needle, whether you believe it or not. And if I could, sh- and I'm not going to bore you with numbers today, but if I could show you the numbers specifically for the African American community compared to where we are today, out of the eight million police stops that happen throughout the country for all communities and cultures, um, the reality is, um, it's a it's a it's a rare occurrence. I'm not there downplaying it for the hell of it. I'm pointing out the reality so that you can have more talks like Jendaya is talking about with your children. The need to still have the talks because the reality is way more likely, If again, if I could show you the numbers of you surviving the encounter much more than you could back in the 60s. Again, that's not to make anything okay, but if you understand that, then it, in my opinion, presses the need to get this information correct and prepare your children properly because it's not just for the children. They also become adults and know how to respond because as my brother said for his children, I'm teaching them not to get arrested. Yeah, your first false arrest could happen like it did for me in my 40s. Luckily, I've been given the game of how to express myself. I dialogue with the police attempting to say, hey, this is incorrect at the point that he was bent on taking me in despite my innocence. I calm down, get to the police station, and actually get the leave without actually getting without getting locked up because it was supposedly for drinking and I blew zero zero zero. Won't tell the whole story, but you can imagine how ridiculous that situation was. The initial stop made sense because of my actions to continue to impound my car and take me to prison thinking that he would be able to lock me up if I blew anything because they have new laws here in Georgia. I blew nothing. They had to let me go that night but he was bent on taking me at that point. The resistance that I gave not physical resistance but just verbal conversation to say hey can we do this? This isn't correct. What if this happens? Can we do this? It was a dialogue and once I realized he was tired of the dialogue It did me no service to say, hey, this is not the case. It did me no service at that point. He was bent on taking me in. I understood that. That happened to me at 40. I've had other terrible experiences and more better experiences with law enforcement. If we're always honest, they're not all bad. But, of course, we remember the bad ones. But I've had even experiences worse than my false arrest. But I am highlighting the need to give our people this information. All right, Brother Kevin, I know I'm kind of on a soapbox here. I'm going to let you jump in real quick. What you got for us, King? Oh, all week long, all week long, <laughs> uh, this conversation with uh thing. Uh, here's the problem that I have is that I'm hearing, and, and don't respond. Let me, let me finish. Uh, I'm hearing two sides. I'm hearing fear, and I'm hearing those who are just tired of being tired. And the problem is this. I, I, I think I personally had this discussion with 
all kind of uh, top brass officers and this, that, and the third. And I'm hearing people that are responding to this incident the young man had. And I, I always had a problem with this here. People are like, I don't want to look at the video. You cannot make a proper assessment without having seen that video. So they put the, the people that didn't see the video, they paint this young man like he was the one who did wrong. The young lady that says, well, I don't understand why he ran. Well, there was a reason why that young man ran. That young man did everything right. That young man de-escalated the situation. He was the, the model of what a young man is supposed to do. He was the very model. He he was the only calm head in the whole situation. But those brothers were not letting up because they had an agenda. The brothers straight up said they were going to kill him. They were going to blow his head off, and on top of that, they were showing it, showing him that they were trying to kill him. That's why that young man, when he first, when he finally got a chance to break free, he took them because your human rights. Any animalistic right is to flee from dying. But they were going to kill him anyway. According well, to what you. was happening, that was the psychology behind that. So well, let me ask you this, that's why I got the problem. We got, we, got, we, got we, got, we got limited time. So let me ask you this. Uh, were you able to hear the beginning of the show? Well, no. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear the, doc, uh, the, okay. the lawyer part. Uh, okay, I wish I could hear because I, I really okay. want to ask right. him some okay. really deep questions. Okay. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. So I'm going to tell you, um, again, as you can see, we're not necessarily getting into the particulars of that moment, and I don't mind you bringing it to the table. Um, but I, but I, and I, what made me ask you that question, because I assumed that you hadn't heard it based on what you're saying now. And so one of the things that the um, Attorney Davis pointed out, and again, he was just opening the show with, again, his, 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 his life work is this, particularly this area. He specifically works on civil rights situations with the police. This is specifically what Attorney Davis does. So he opened the show, not talking about Tyree Nicholas particularly, but he opened the show with, and this is the clarity that I want to make sure I'm also being clear, because he made this clear, and I hope you can understand this in this very moment, because I definitely respect your passion, and I'm not saying you're wrong about anything that the young man did or did not do, because again, I didn't see the video, so I would not you know, um, go against you on that. Here's the bigger point that Attorney Davis opened the show with. So he says there's two ends of this thing. There's people can hear this question. Should you teach black youth it's okay to be arrested? As if you're saying being fearful of the system or it can be strategy for how to survive situations. And so he highlighted all, all of this conversation is for strategies for how to survive. And then he said, however, if an officer is hell bent on harming you, even the information we're saying today is not going to help you. The officer, as you just mentioned, Kevin, is hell bent for whatever reason on harming that young man. And so the reason uh-huh. we're pointing that out, here it is, the reason we're pointing that out is we still have to be careful that emotion to say, well, there's nothing we can do. And if you go there, then you don't have the correct information or provide the strategies that our people can provide when, in most cases, the officer is not hell-bent 
on harming you because there's nothing to your point that can be done if they're so again so we're not going back and forth about the video we're just highlighting this information is the situation with most of the eight million stops that happened in this country it's not a situation where an officer is hell bent there is no answer for that situation yeah, and we you know are right that. you're at the and end of the show i'm just letting you know i'm just highlighting yeah Don't let that emotion take over getting this advice jendai i'll give you the last words for today thank you for being on with me queen let me bring you back go ahead queen. you got any public information if you want to talk um, I just want to close up with the fact that as adults uh, with children and or working with children or in the lives of children, we too have to equip ourselves with the law. We need to know children uh, with the law. Um, because I think a lot of times it's not talked about because we don't know. And so we need to educate ourselves so that we can educate them and, uh, you know, get our children to safety. And y'all can hit me up at Ask Black Woman Grown and Married on Facebook and or at Empower You, period. Uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. All right, thank you. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for coming on with me. Uh, see y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think.